CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you, as we always are, every weekday afternoon this time, as we set this time aside to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events and those issues that face every one of us in our daily living, as well as... Well, what we hear in church is that even in the Bible at all. If you've got a question you'd like to ask us, if you've been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, hey, that's why we're here for you, to answer those questions for you. Joining me today, special guest and featured CSN speaker in the Morning Times here, Richard Ellis from Reunion Church in Dallas, Texas. And Richard, it's always a pleasure to hear you. <laughs> you, always, you always make me laugh, you do. Hi and welcome. Well, Great being with you. This is the first time uh, we've we've tried to use my AI. This is an AI version of me, so we'll see how the answers come out in this way. Uh, <laughs> looks pretty real so far, so hopefully no one will know the difference. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. That's <laughs> looks good, Richard. Hey, it's coming to that. Yeah, I know. Boy, I'll tell you all the crazy stuff going on. You know, uh, Elon Musk. Um, uh, one of the funniest things I heard him say was he said the thing that we as humans have to fear the most is AI um, and artificial intelligence because, again, we're seeing how this technology in the wrong hands can do devious things to humanity. And I, I, I think it's interesting in Revelation, you know, the Bible talks about a power was given unto the beast that it could speak. And I've always wondered about that. And I always thought, well, that'd be interesting if they could make a some kind of a global computer to keep track of everybody. And then it could talk. Well, now yeah. not only does it talk, it can compute and figure out, find out any information about any person anywhere on Earth with this kind of technology now that we have. And I'll tell you, Richard, I mean, we're, we're living in, in, in a time unlike any other time I believe in the history of the world where, you know, back in the in the 60s, there was a song called Watch Out for Big Brother. Well, Big yeah. Brother now is the norm and increasing in size. And uh, as Big Brother increases, your freedoms individually and collectively all decrease. And it's 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 wild time, Richard. Yeah, one of the kindest things I think God did for us was the book of Revelation. Because if you're rocking along and you know he's coming back, but you don't know what the end looks like, then you can just be completely freaked out. But if you, you know, sneak over and read the last, the last chapter, the last piece of it, the last book, you go, okay, this is how it ends. Uh, it's going to come to an end. It'll be <clears throat> tricky for whoever's left at the end. Um, but I don't have to be afraid no matter what happens. Um, I'm out of here. I'm going to live forever no matter what with him. Let's just, ship as much as we can ahead and take as many people with us when we go as we can and don't don't live in fear. Amen. It's so important. By the way, 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. That's 8888-827-5276. So if you want to be part of the program today, we got some lines open and you're invited to give us a call again, 
SCSM. You know, Richard, uh, you you uh, have been a pastor for many years. You come from a family of pastors. I always think your perspective of Christianity is quite refreshing because uh, in all of your broadcasts, you, you've never minced words or tried to soft pedal anything in the gospel. I think it's very, very uh, uh, interesting how upfront you are uh, with with what is so important uh, in our in our world today, and I mean right down to you know right down to where people live, and I want to thank you for that. Yeah, I you know when you're sixth generation of preachers, which I am in my family, my nephew's number seven, and I'm I didn't do it because you know I felt like I was supposed to do that, keep it going. I definitely called by God at fourteen. No, no. I used to question my salvation, but I never questioned whether I'd been called to preach. So that's how strong that was. Um, but yeah, I grew up, you know, a pastor named W.A. Criswell ordained me. Uh, he and my grandfather were buddies at, at, in college. Uh, Adrian Rogers, when I found out, you know, Adrian found out that uh, I'd been called to preach at 14, he told me, uh, live so that no one knows you're a preacher, but they're not surprised when they find out you are. And I never forgot that. It took me a while to kind of find my own way. Because when you grow up around the Charles Stanleys, my dad and Charles were friends in seminary. And, you know, you got all these people around you and the way they talk and the way they do it. You kind of think, well, I got to talk like Adrian Rogers. Well, nobody talks like Adrian Rogers. But he <laughs> talked that way, even if he was asking his wife for coffee. So uh, that was just him. So finally, you just kind of settle in and go, wait, I just got to find out who I am and be that person and take a deep breath and keep moving. So what you see is what you get, but it took me a while to get here. Amen. Amen. Well, I mean, we all have to work out our own salvation, as the Bible says. I think it's it's really, really uh, great. But um, no, uh, Richard, I'm so glad you're on the program today. Again, 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. With that, we'll go ahead and go to the phones. We have Debbie from Gallup, New Mexico on the line. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Um, I was listening to you, and a while back you were saying that there's going to be a great falling away. Who falls away? And I thought Christians were supposed to be saved. I mean, are they the Christians that are going to fall away? How does that? I, I don't understand that. Can you explain that to me? Well, the Bible says that because sin abounds, the love of many wax cold. And, um, in fact, uh, the Bible says, when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? I mean, uh, this tells me that it's, it's, it's going to be a, a, a real problem. The Bible says the last days, they'll heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. Well, itching ears generally isn't to come to Christ and, and die in your flesh, but it's rather, um, I want fire insurance, but I want to party on. Richard, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I I think uh, basically I kind of see that there's three kind of people in the world. There's the the lost, the unsaved. Then the then there's the carnal saved, and then there's the the saved that are walking in the spirit. Uh, the Bible talks about you, you know you could you still need milk. You're yet carnal. So new believer uh, is synonymous with carnal Christian. So you're supposed to grow up, but if somebody never grows up spiritually. Um, then they're in trouble, and when when push comes to shove, uh, they can't pull the you know pull the trigger and say yes, I, I will I will not deny Christ. 
there's more of this going on than you think. Because if you go to the office, you go to the grocery store, you go somewhere and the Holy Spirit prompts you, says, speak to that woman, speak to that man, and you won't speak up. Well, in some way, you're already denying that he spoke to you and you're unwilling to obey. And then people say, oh, but if it got to where I had to take a stand, either die you know, deny Christ or die, I would never deny Jesus. But there's a lot of Christians denying him every day with the, with their lives. So um, we all would hope to think that we would take a stand and be willing to pay whatever costs, but it's going to, it's already, it's turned, you know, the heat's getting turned up. I mean, I've, I'm not trying to be mean to people, but I still preach against gay marriage and uh, abortion. And I, you know, I lose a ton of people over this stuff. They go, dude, you know, the world's moved on. What are you doing? You know, gay marriage is a law. Well, like slavery was a law. Laws can be changed. Um, so and laws aren't stand, right. And laws aren't yeah. necessarily right either. Yeah. I mean, I get that it's a law, but laws, you know, doesn't mean that the law is right. So <clears throat> I, I think Christians, it doesn't mean they'll, they'll end up in hell. Uh, you can go read the, the, bat, the last few verses in Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 talking about a believer that God would grant them repentance, that they would come to their senses, having been taken captive by Satan to do his will. I mean, what in the world is that? But how many Christians are there, you know, they're what I call POWs. They'll still make heaven, but they're prisoners of war and don't know how to break out of, out of that prison and live the life God intended. So uh, this it's the, the heat's getting turned up and you better know in whom you believed and be persuaded that he's able to keep that, which you've committed unto him against that day, or you'll find yourself, you know, in, in a bad way. And I, you know, I've yeah. always told people don't live your life in a question mark. It's interesting. Jesus writing to the church in revelation chapter three said he, uh, if, if they would repent, he won't blot their name out of the book of life. I think that's pretty serious. And so I would not want to live in a in a in a question mark. Um, there's enough verses in the Bible that that would warn anybody. And I, I believe personally, this is what the whole Book of Jude is about: how God delivered a whole group of people out of Egypt um, under Moses, and then they all died in the wilderness because they refused His promises and wouldn't go into the Promised Land. Uh, so I, I want to, I, I, I've always told people, don't live your life in a question mark. Uh, there's enough verses in the Bible that uh, indicate that there's some point in time where y- you go off the end. and I don't know that you come back. Um, I think well, you always can come back if you want to. But the problem is, as it says, and you mentioned Timothy, Demas, having loved this present world, has departed from the faith. And uh, this is pretty a pretty strong statement from Paul, being he got such a glowing review in First Timothy, uh, only to find that as time went on, it wasn't so good. So, well, I'm yeah, I, I personally am a once saved, always saved person. You think, well, that person, how could someone you know lose their salvation? I don't believe they can. The Bible also talks about building on the foundation that is Jesus. You know, what are you building with? Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. And if you go through that passage, it says it'll be tested by the fire, right? So even if you built with with stuff that will burn, they will suffer loss, but they themselves will be saved. So you can you can be a Christian and build nothing, and you think, well, but I made heaven. The, what I try to warn people is, look, you don't want to get to heaven and have nothing to show for your life and have nothing to present to Jesus 
uh, yeah, you, you'll make heaven, but you will suffer loss and escape, but by fire. And that's just not the best way to go in, I don't think. So, Debbie, I, I hope that, that sheds a little bit of light on it. I uh, Again, uh, I don't believe we lose our salvation. Uh, personally, I believe you can leave it. Um, and, uh, you know, in John chapter 10, where Jesus said, I lay my life down, I pick it up again, and no one takes my life from me. Very clearly, Jesus saying that this is a, is a direct decision that I make. Nobody does that. But it's also interesting in John ta- chapter 10, where Jesus said that uh, um, uh, that that uh, no one will pluck you out of my hand. It's the same exact word. It only appears twice in the Bible. And there again, no one, I believe, externally would ever remove you from the peace and the right. love of God. I believe, though, that as Jesus said, you can remove yourself. Just as he said, no one takes my life from me, no one... Um, uh, I, I choose to lay it down. I choose to lay it up. The same word. It, it The word means anyone but yourself. And so uh, you can check that out and read that, Debbie. But um, I, like I said, like I tell everyone everywhere, don't live your life in a question mark. Be on fire for the Lord. Stay in line, Debbie. I'll send you out a, a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy and uh, look forward to, to uh, that. Great to share with your friends, okay? Okay, Pastor, um, can you pray with me? Sure. What What do you need prayer for here? Okay, um, I just lost my niece today. She just, um, she's being cremated, and um, my family is going through devastation. And How old was she? She's 41. Oh, my. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Richard, would you pray for yeah. her? Yeah, Lord, I thank you for Debbie, and uh, man, it's so hard. I pray for a family comfort for them and uh, just for the fact that sometimes somebody's got to die for somebody else to live. And that is the gospel. And I pray that you would use uh, Debbie's niece's death to rattle some people, wake them up, help them realize the brevity of life and that someone would have the boldness to present the gospel that Jesus died on a cross, was buried and raised from the dead to make not only abundant life here possible, but eternal life possible. So uh, just walk through this with her family as only you can do. And we thank you in advance for doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And uh, yeah, Debbie, let your light shine. Your your whole family is going to need you to really um, um, let them see the love of God, okay? Yes, I will. Thank you. Debbie, God bless you. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Luce, uh, excuse me, Daniel, Globe, Arizona. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi. Uh, hi. I'm uh, having a little struggle with the yeast of the Pharisees with Mark 8.14. And at, you know, at the end of it, it says, do you still not understand? Well, that's me. <laughs> kind of, I don't, I'm, uh, every time I read it, I, I don't understand it. I don't, And I thought maybe you guys could help me out. Now, this is, this is uh, I'm going to read this for the benefit of everyone. Now, the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not uh, have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Uh, is that the verse you're wondering about? It's the whole thing, all the way down to uh, 21, actually. It's- I see. Okay. So, well, I, I think that uh, Jesus... Um, uh, when when um, 
when he said, uh, then he charged them saying, uh, take heed, beware of the, of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. So they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have brought no bread. They, they felt bad that they didn't bring food. Jesus mentioned something about yeast and immediately he thought that was an indirect dig at them because, um, that, that they had forgot to bring bread. Now, um, Concerning the leaven, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Uh, and this was the problem, of course, with the Pharisees and and uh, with Herod as well. Your thoughts? Yeah, I just, I, I think I have a sermon. I think the title was Yeast Infection that made my wife very nervous. <laughs> uh, but everybody knew what it would be about. You know, it, it, the Bible talks about a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It doesn't take much. And when you get a religious person like the the Pharisees, uh, or Herod himself kind of inserting themselves into what Jesus is about and what Christianity is about, then things go sideways really quick. It doesn't, it doesn't take much. It, it, it It's just one person can jack the whole thing up. So um, yeah, it, it is interesting that they were feeling, they were feeling bad about a physical thing. Oh, you know, we didn't bring bread, but he's not talking about a physical thing. He's talking about a spiritual problem. Um, where they had been kind of contaminated and weren't what they were supposed to be, because and it's it's you know you say well that's the world creeping in. Unfortunately, too many times the world includes religious religion, and where it's really not him at all. So hope that helps. I do hope that helps. At the, at the end, it gives all this. When I broke seven loaves, you know, uh, for the four thousand, how many basketfuls? pieces did you pick up and the answer is seven it's all these mathematical questions and then at the end of it it says do you still not understand and that's where i'm trying to i'm trying to understand what they're trying to say about how many basketfuls how much you pick up you know for the five five loaves for the five thousand how many baskets of pieces did you pick up and he says 12 then they replied and when i broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? It says seven. Because he said to them, do you still not understand? <laughs> That's where I don't understand that part right there. Well, well the, I, I, in, oh, go ahead. In the, ori- in the original, it says, dude, <laughs> <laughs> like, look what I can do. You know, what? don't you understand? I can take five blows and go kaboom. I mean, it's it's more... It's not even more than enough. It's ridiculous. It's beyond. It's exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ever ask or think. I mean, why would we doubt him or his capacity? Uh, he could have taken it, you know, the five and turned it into 50 or just exactly the amount that they needed to feed them. But he's like, look, I'm, I'm way past enough, right? I'm way past enough. I got more than enough for you. Trust me. Follow me. Yeah. And in fact, if you look at the other Gospels, it said that they didn't have time to eat uh, concerning the first one. And so being they were busy ministering to people, there was 12 baskets left over, which fed them. Uh, It isn't that they had to be, uh, uh, you know, um, scalping to, to, to have enough for themselves. When they were all done, there was still enough them and I think that's the first part the the part of the twelve and then he says seven 
um, which is the number of completion. And I believe that God always, when he ministers, will complete what he does. Uh, he fed the 5,000. There was more than enough. Now, now, by the way, I think there's a little bit more to this story, too. I've been in crowds of 10,000 people. If you go to a large football game or a baseball game, you've got massive amounts, thousands and thousands of people there. And with the advent of PA systems, the announcer can direct the crowd on what to do. But when we look at this as an example where Jesus fed the 5,000, and when you understand that that's how many men were there, we don't know how many women and children were there, this crowd could have been well in excess of of, uh, 10,000 people. Now, I've been in those crowds of 10,000 people, and very few people know very much of what's going on. But we do know this, that those close to Jesus knew this was a miracle. The rest of the people there, the 10,000 plus, if you count women and children, they experienced the blessing of the miracle, but those, the disciples, all of us that are close to Jesus, see the miracle. There are people around us that are blessed because of what God does and does through us. But the problem is, we know as as those ambassadors of the Most High, that that we're the ones that see the miracle working power of God. People have said, well, why was God such a God of miracles in the Old Testament and the New Testament? He doesn't do miracles today. God's still in the miracle working business. That crowd of people probably thought Jesus his disciples had a cave of food someplace and they just kept bringing it out. But those close to Jesus knew there was something really fishy going on with those fish and those loaves as they were multiplied, and they saw it. The crowd was blessed by the miracle, but the disciples knew that miracle. And I think that's really important, Daniel, because the closer we are to God, the more we see his revealed power. I hope that helps. Yeah, wow. there's a, there's a, just, I'll, I'll add to this, Daniel, there's a similar situation in the first miracle that Jesus performed where the water was turned to wine. Uh, everybody at the party didn't necessarily know what happened, but all those servants, uh, I've run the numbers on it, what a pot of water would have held. And uh, he had like 900 and something bottles of, uh, I think it was Chateau de Jesus was the, was the year I don't know the year of it, but uh, <laughs> the you know that's a lot of fine wine left over. Um, so the party got good wine at the end, which would usually have been served at the beginning. But those servants knew we filled these pots up with water, and fine wine is coming out. So similar thing, those servants were like, "What in the world has just happened? This guy can turn water to wine, and, and in abundance." So I, I've tried my daughters have gotten married. I tried that at all three of their weddings and had them hold up a glass of water and say a prayer and they just had water. So it didn't work out too well for me, but you can try that at your own wedding. Yeah. Anyhow, hope that helps. And, and by the way, Daniel, I, I believe there's a, an extremely important illustration in what you mentioned, Richard, because um, the Bible tells us in John, all things were made by him. Speaking of Jesus Christ, without him, not anything that is made is made. And um, from biblical understanding, we we clock this earth at about 6,000 years old. People say, well, why is there the the, um, appearances that this is uh, hundreds of thousands of years old? 
I don't know, but I know that he made the heavens and the earth, and I know that he could have made it fully aged, just like the first miracle he did in person on this earth. Remember, the first miracle he did for us in this world, he created the heavens and the earth, fully aged, I believe. Then we see the very first miracle that Jesus does on this earth. He takes something new or unaged, water, and makes it appear to be old, thus fermented. And the guests even said, you brought the best out for last. So I I really believe nothing is hard for God. I hope that answers it for you, Daniel. It sure does. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, it cleared it all up. I was overcomplicating it like I usually do. I was anyway, so much God is so simple and I, I, it's amazing. I have one more question for you. Okay. And it's a quick one. Uh, why isn't there any last names in the Bible? Okay. They were all, most of the people it's, they were like rock stars, like Madonna, the rock. So you don't need a last name if you're, if you're a rock star. Uh, I mean, Jesus, I referred to him till I got to know him better as Mr. Christ. So a lot of people think Jesus' last name was Christ. It really wasn't, but they get confused with that. Um, a lot of people were known as like son of someone, uh, Jonas Barr, whatever. Um, so that that's probably the closest thing you would get to a last name. Or or also, also where they were from, Jesus right. of Nazareth. Very, right. very important that that of Nazareth was added on because, um, again, uh, even Paul says in the last days there's going to be somebody coming preaching in a lot of different Jesuses, so we want to have the right one. But when we understand that it was usually um, Joshua, son of Nun, um, not N-O-N-E, but N-U-N, son of Nun, uh, but we find there there is that lineage that is there. Hope that helps, Daniel. Yeah, it does. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I love great to talk to you all. Stay in line. We'll yes, send sir. you out. We'll send you out the movie Jesus and a little book called Time to Grow. I think you'll enjoy that. And with that, we will go. Well, we're going to go to Joe, but we're coming up on a break, Richard. Yeah. The, these these things happen every radio show about this time. <laughs> we, yeah. we get a we get a, a radio show. I mean, we get a a break at the bottom of the hour. And uh, so we're going to have a whole lot more to every man and answer coming up right after this. And again, that number, if you want to be part of the program today, 8888-ASK-CSM. We'll have more coming up right after this. Don't go away. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is so frustrating. But here's something that could really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65+, is a low-cost option for people with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. Plus, it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor and get 24-7 telehealth from the comfort of your home. And here's the thing. If you join before October 30th, you'll get your second month free and save even more. I'll give you the number here in a second, but just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. The deadline again is October 30th, so now is a great time to call 
833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. Are you ready to study to show yourself approved? A workman not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth? In this sad, lonely, and lost generation, people need help. They need Jesus. And who can present the gospel better than you? Calvary Chapel University wants to be a helper of your joy so you can go out and make disciples who make disciples. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today, and you'll earn outstanding scholarships. Most of our CCU graduates graduate early or on time, debt-free, and sound doctrinally. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today. Skip Heitzig is one of our faculty members, and David Guzik is not only a board member, but he just earned his Master of Divinity at CCU. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today and watch God move powerfully in your life. back to part two of To Every Man and Answer on this Thursday afternoon with Richard Ellis. Uh, Richard is the uh, pastor of Reunion Church, Dallas, Texas, and uh, is here on CSN and on the Effect Radio Network as well. You know, yesterday, uh, Richard, I was telling people, you know, we're, we're in very late in the prophetic uh, time clock. And, um, you know, people have often asked, why isn't America directly mentioned uh, in the last day scenario? And there's a couple of reasons. One, we could have a civil war and we just kind of degenerate into our own uh, uh, own mess. Uh, we could have a series of um, catastrophic um, global events such as, you know, a 13-0 earthquake up and down California, which would then set off the uh, Cascadia Fault. San Andreas, maybe rupture uh, Yellowstone, and uh, just the heavy ash from Yellowstone will go out to Tennessee like it did the last time. Uh, the The ash cloud will go clear to New York, and maybe we just, this is what happens to us. I don't know. But another that we mentioned yesterday was that uh, Russia is suffering global humiliation right now from a little country Name Ukraine that's able to hold them at bay. And he realizes, uh, Putin realizes that much of their, much of their, uh, uh, ability, uh, to hold them off comes from the United States and Western Europe. So Putin, as I told everybody, they're really ratcheting up for what appears to be a nuclear war. I want to read this to you. This just came across. Um, uh, it says in the conference, Putin painted a grim portrait of Russia's nuclear arsenal. Putin said from the moment the launch of missiles is detected, no matter where it comes from, from any point of the world ocean or from any territory, we have such a number, so many hundreds of our missiles appear in the air in a retaliatory strike that there is no chance of survival and there will be no single enemy left 
and in several directions at once. Putin then claimed at last successful test of the Brvizhnik um, global range cruise missile um, was a success and it has been carried out. Then we find a little bit more here. It goes on, it says, according to a report by the New York Times, satellite imagery, aviation data, point to an ongoing preparation, what is believed to be a nuclear weapons test around the Arctic base. So when we say uh, today is the appointed day of salvation, work for the night is coming when no one can work. I really believe that when you have somebody like this that for no reason invaded the Ukraine— you got it, we want it, we're taking it, didn't go the way he thought. Well, um, now his enemies are becoming more defined. Of course, the United States, with the billions of dollars we're giving them, as well as Western Europe, uh, and their humiliation globally. Can he redeem this by a first strike attack? I believe probably so. And this is one of the things that we understand as we study Revelation. When you realize in the very first part of the seven-year tribulation period, one quarter of the world's population dies. That's two billion with a B, two billion people die. Then by the end of the tribulation, you have an additional third of that that dies. So we're looking at some carnage that the world has never seen before. And Jesus said it like this in Matthew 24, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. Really, the tribulation period would have gone on much longer, but God had to curtail it because man would have completely destroyed himself. So I think we're in some different times. That's why we want to be, as the Bible says, watchful, be ready, Because again, I believe the Lord can come at any time. Going back to the phones, we have Garrett on the line, Gretchen, Texas. Hi and welcome. Hey guys, good to talk to y'all again. God bless. Um, My second time calling in. Um, Let me get to it real quick. Uh, I'm not really 100% sure how to phrase this question, but what what I'm getting at is if it's possible that we're in those times right now where things are getting there and it's you know, coming to that point where obviously we don't know the time, the hour, what have you. Uh, my question is about the tribulation saints. Um, if that's the case, we're in that moment, then they're here now. They're around us and they're, you know, or maybe they're real young and they'll come of age at a certain point. But the question is, um, are they going to be experiencing all the scary, crazy stuff like the weird locuses with the, I don't even remember. I'm, yep, I'm sorry. I'm they terrible. sure will like, be. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, the tribulation saints aren't saints until the tribulation comes. Now, remember, if you're a born-again believer, when Gabriel blows, we're out of here. We're the rapture of the church. You never find the church ever mentioned again on this earth after chapter 4 in Revelation. It's always saints or the elect, but you don't find the church mentioned again. Now, there are going to be people 
that are going to be saved during the tribulation period. Those are the tribulation saints. We find him mentioned in Revelation chapter 6, found under the altar. John didn't even recognize him. He said, who are these? He goes, I don't know. Who are they? He said, these are the martyrs that came up out of the great tribulation, and they are to rest a little while longer till those that will be martyred as they were joins them. They're They're in a different place in heaven than the church is. But when we come back to rule and reign on this earth, they will rule and reign with Christ with the saints as well. But I think the thing that we have to really look at here is the the uh, uh, the church, I, I believe, is found in heaven, chapter 5, who has redeemed us from every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation. It's not talking about the Jewish people. It's talking about everybody that has uh, died in faith. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I personally don't spend a lot of time, you know, chasing pre-trib, post, all that. I have a, a personal opinion on it, but, you know, there's respected people on all ends of it. I just tell people, like, you know, live ready, be ready, let's go. If he, if if you're here when it goes down, you better be ready. If you get, you know, we're, I do believe in the rapture, obviously you're going to be out of here when that takes place. Uh, you'll know when it happens. Um, but I just try to encourage people and kind of to your question about your kids or whoever, if it happens in our lifetime or our children's lifetime, you just got to teach them to, to walk by faith, to trust God, um, and, and, and stay ready. Cause no matter what happens, uh, if they're believers, especially, and I'm blessed except for my tiny little grandchildren at this point that everybody in my family is saved. And that's, I mean, that's priceless, right? But they still, even though they're going to make heaven, have to know how to face these challenges between here and heaven and always be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within them and be making disciples and, and raising up uh, believers who, if it, if it does take a little longer before he returns, um, then they're, they're in a great position to help uh, people who aren't even born yet. I, I, I try to explain to guys that I disciple. I'm like, look, dude, sooner or later, I'm going to be dead. I'm, I'm, I'm discipling you now. And, and I am praying that you will disciple someone who hasn't even been born yet. That's how far ahead I'm trying to get with you. Uh, cause we don't know when he's coming back, but I can assure you it's not getting any farther away. Every day is a day closer to his return. Uh, and even so come Lord Jesus to say the least. Amen. I hope that helps. Yeah. Amen. It sure does. I just, I just want to say, you know, it, it, even though those times will be crazy and some may have missed the first boat, you know, uh, it's amazing to think that God even still gives us that much more grace that in those times when, you know, we've missed that first calling that some of them are still going to be sticking up to the there's no telling what the world's going to look like then, you know. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be very recognizable when when the Bible says uh, all the water turns to blood, uh, the trees are all burnt up. I mean, I mean, this is not uh, like anything we've seen before. And, um, you know, there's always been wars. There's always been famine. There's always been pestilence. There's always been, always, always, always. It's part of living in a fallen world. But what makes the tribulation period so different than any of the other time on this earth. All these things that we've seen, the hurricanes, the earthquakes, I believe all these are brought on by this earth and by the power of the devil. But what the tribulation is different is these judgments that come on this earth, God dealing with the nation of Israel 
And again, uh, dealing uh, with a God-rejecting world, they're not brought on by the devil. Revelation, when you read all in order what's going to happen, they're brought on by God. Now, friends, that's different. We've seen what the devil has done, the God of this world. All the kingdoms Satan said are mine, and mine to whomever I want to give them to, Jesus, if you'll bow down and worship me. Jesus came to redeem the kingdoms of the world, but not the devil's way. But Jesus didn't argue and say, well, no, they're not really your kingdoms. No, he didn't say that. Because they were given to him in the garden. And they've been in the devil's hands ever since. We see, well, in it, in your insurance policy, any other acts of God. Well, I really believe that uh, that isn't God. That's the God of this world, Satan. And so when we look at this, I really believe that, again, we're in, in, a, in a very different time And this is why I tell everybody, work for the night is coming when no one can work. Your friends may not be here. We just got a call earlier from uh, uh, a lady whose niece died uh, um, today. Um, They may not be here, or we may be out of here. And so do what you can do today. Garrett, stay in line. Send you out the movie Jesus and a little book called Time to Grow, okay? All right. Appreciate you guys. God bless. God bless you. Yes, Let's go to Lucy, Texas. Yes, sir. Good evening, sir. How may we help? And thank, and thank you for all you do. Yeah, I just have a question. I, I was going, doing evangelism over the weekend last week. And I met uh, an old man. I handed him the bill, um, the paperwork about Jesus. Uh-huh. And... And then he said to me, hold on. He, um, he said he goes to a church, one of these well-known church, and he pulled up his uh, phone and pulled up some um, picture that is uh, not good, really not good, uh, sexually sexual. And he said, do you do this? I said, what is this? I thought you said you go to church and uh, you believe in Jesus Christ. He said, well, I'm a human being. And I said, but it's a child of God. You're not supposed to do this. My question is, how do you approach somebody, an older man that's supposed to know better, and he says he goes to church, one of the good churches, uh, well-known churches. How Mm -hmm. do you approach such a situation. Yeah, uh, you know when you when you, uh, Richard, your thoughts. Well, is did he did you by chance see the pictures or did he intentionally show you the pictures? Intentionally showed it to me. He pulled it up and uh, showed me. Yeah, well, obviously it's a perversion if he's looking at those in the first place. But if he's showing them to you, uh, he 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 may have been coming on to you in some way, uh, I'd, I'd get out of that situation pretty quick. I would just say, sir, you know, I'll pray for you and please be aware that, uh, God loves you, that Jesus died on a cross was buried and raised from the dead to not just get you into heaven, but to deliver you from, uh, such sin and God bless you. And I'd walk away that that's that, that conversation's going nowhere in that situation. You can plan it. You can plant the gospel 
in less than 10 seconds and be on your way. That's, you know, that's not something as a woman, you know, you want to see in the first place, hopefully. And then you don't want to engage with a man who's got the nerve to show you that. So I'd, I'd get away from him. Yeah, I would say that's not behavior that a person who loves God acts like and just say, I'll be praying for you and leave. That's yeah. that's the way I would walk away from it. I would not I would not uh, subject myself or family or anybody to any kind of uh, 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 double standard talk like that. So I hope that helps. Yes, sir. And then another, um, during that day, too, I got uh, somebody, and um, he handed me um, a paperwork and said that um, the Lord is, the rapture of the church is going to happen in 2028. And that's the Bible year of 5789. No, I'd I'd say God bless you to him as well and keep moving. He has no idea what he's talking about, and God help him. Yeah, the Bible says no one knows the hour of the day. Uh, I think we'll know the season, but certainly I believe we're in that season now. Uh, man's ran of, out of uh, of ways of correcting the global problems that we are, uh, and so I believe that that uh, we're we're just as Jesus said, "Watch and be ready." You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come, but anybody that tries to tie a date to that uh, shows you that they really haven't been reading their Bibles. So, uh, Lucy, I hope that helps. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. God bless you. Lucy, one other thing you might do with that gentleman is uh, say, I I see how you believe that. Ask him to sit down with your attorney and uh, leave everything that he owns to you after that date. (laughs) Because he's going to be gone. And since he's not going to be here, see how much he really believes in that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So, well, Lucy, stay in line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus and a little book called Time to Grow. I think you'll like that. And um, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Virgil, Napa, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Oh, thanks, Pastor Mike. Uh, I've got a question for you. Uh, I've been, I'm 67 years old. I've heard a lot of conspiracies in my life. And, you know, everything from computers are going to kill you to you name it. <laughs> and the um, question is, seems like a lot of attention is given to AI these days, and yes, it is a fearsome ally or opponent, but it seems like a good EMP attack would take it out, and I find it hard to put a lot of stock in that the beast could be AI if it's that vulnerable. Well, I I think any time that we... Um, uh, see technology advancing to the point. In fact, I was reading an article that said um, it's like 20 jobs that are soon going to be gone because of AI and computers. Um, and we realize that um, much of the manufacturing world uh, has been taken over by computers and artificial intelligence. Um, and now anywhere from from um, operators' voices to everything is all is all made that you know it's 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 artificial. Your thoughts? Yeah, I I would not. Well, I, I say I wouldn't live in fear of it. When you've got people like Elon Musk and and the other big tech company leaders saying we need to put a a hold on this to, to make sure we know what's going on, 
you know, they, they are concerned. I don't, I don't think they see it as the antichrist or the beast. Uh, and I don't either. I just think it's technology that has massive capabilities and can, you know, can you turn it off? I don't know if, if it decides you can't turn it off at some point, then what do you do? But, uh, I don't, I don't think God, it's again, back to my comment about the book of revelation. Um, I don't see AI mentioned there. I mean, technology's uh, not, you know, God doesn't need technology to take the planet down when it comes time to do it. Um, and I, you know, I have a gentleman in my church used to be with Goldman Sachs and he's got an app now. Uh, he's one of the, the main ones out there, a thing called Bible chat. And he's put, I'm helping him put very tight guardrails on it so that, you know, people can go in there and ask questions. So yes, it can be used for harm, but it's a powerful tool. And he has thousands of young people feeling like they're anonymous, you know, going in there asking questions. And and some of them say, could you meet with me? It's so real and so personal that they think it's a person. Uh, So obviously it's not, um, but the people are hurting out there and there are ways to get them answers um, I just, I, I'm just not going to live in, in fear period. Um, cause you know, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. And I recommend that we, we all live that way and try to take as many people with us when we go as we can. Amen. Uh, again, being about our, our father's business is, is so important. I, I believe honestly, Virgil, anything, anything can be a distraction from, from the gospel. I mean, it can be our career. It can be our, our, our hobbies. Uh, it can be AI. It can be all kinds of things. Um, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a boldness and a sound mind. And I believe that as we uh, venture out doing what we do, the one thing that AI does not have is a soul. And I believe that that is, is the one thing uh, that, that we can still reach out to people in a different way. Remember, I don't believe a transistor or a diode will ever take the place of a human touch or a human conversation, a real human conversation. And I believe that that's something we have to remember. And so um, we want to, we always want to remember that, that um, it's Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the message we want to exactly. bring and and we can have all the knowledge of the world you're just going to go to hell smart so yeah. we 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 want to be sure that that we that we address that so i hope that helps yeah just it for me i look at satan's always trying to deceive and it's almost like this is one deception of satan saying look here look here be be mindful of ai but don't be mindful of all the men that are auditioning for the role of the Antichrist. Oh, yeah. Well, something to remember for everybody. We don't know when the rapture is. Um, The devil doesn't know either. But I always believe the devil has a wingman in in the waiting. I believe there's always somebody back there that could possibly fill those shoes. Um, Because he's also going to be taken by this as well. So we know that it it progresses. Um, Man's coming to the end of his futile efforts to govern himself. And so we realize that because of this, and the devil knows certain level of, of what the Bible said. He quoted it to Jesus. 
People say, well, why doesn't he just cry uncle and give up? If he knows what the Bible says, he quotes it. Pride is what stops him from from giving up. Pride is what pride is at the root, the Bible says, of every sin. And when we stop to look at what pride does uh, to an individual, if you believe that you inherited your your religiosity from your parents or from Moses or from Abraham, this was the problem Jesus ran into. Our father Abraham said, or Moses taught us. Well, what do you believe? Well, it doesn't matter what we believe. We inherited our spirituality, that pride that comes. It isn't a humility of accepting Christ as your Savior or uh, accepting God's way. No, what it is, is I got my religiosity because I was born in America or I had Christian parents or I was baptized when I was a baby. Well, that ain't going to get you nothing. Um, Any last thoughts? Yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I, again, focus on Jesus and help people see that. Um, I don't, you know, AI doesn't have a spirit, doesn't have a soul, even if it ends up with some kind of body. It's not going to be the body, you know, from the Adamic line. Um, you know, it's it's all about Jesus. And people are afraid. And, the you know, the devil's mission is steal, kill, destroy, lie. That's what he's about. And he knows he's doomed, like, you know, Mike was saying, because he can read um, and knows what's coming. But he, he's about taking as many people out with him as he can and destroying your your life, your family, everything you've got, because he knows he's done for. So he's going to try to do as much harm as he can to, to God's children, uh, marriages, everything. Um, because he knows his time is very limited. Hates he, he hates human beings. Period. Uh, that's yeah. why people say, "Well, you know, I, I I'm not a Christian. I'm not a devil worshiper. I'm neutral." Oh no, 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 no! The devil wants to destroy you like anybody else. You are created in the image image of God, and every time the devil looks at humanity, he goes, "Ugh." And so I believe this is why we see the 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 uh, wholesale slaughter of of human beings um, at the motivation of the things of the devil. Hope that helps, Virgil. Uh, stay in line. We'll send you out uh, the movie Jesus, and uh, I think you'll you'll uh, be blessed by it. Also, a little book called Time to Grow. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Mike. You have a blessed day. You too, Virgil. And um, again, we we want to be about our Father's business. Everywhere, every time we can. I, I believe it's so important. You know, Richard, we're about out of time. We're leaving Susan and Joe behind us. Uh, but if you call in tomorrow, you guys, we'll put you on first thing. Richard, thank you so much you for bet. being on. And uh, uh, Richard's uh, program is called Richard Ellis Talks here on CSN in the morning times, on CSN and on the Effect Radio Network. So check that out. I think you'll enjoy that. Again, Richard, thanks for being on. Yes, sir. Love being with you. God bless you. And uh, keep looking up. Our redemption draws nigh. Until then, God bless you. Good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. 
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 